All right, welcome to another episode of Straight Talk. Today, we're here in the Istanbul studios of Property Turkey. Not studios, man, offices, I should say. Offices. offices. Well, office comes studio. Office. Well, this part of the office is yeah, studio. This part of the studio with Cameron Diggin, as always. All right, and today, we'll be talking about capital appreciation here in Istanbul. All right, Kim, we're talking about capital appreciation, not the rental yield, the real money that I put down to purchase my property, the value of it. Will it grow and how to maximize that? Okay. First of all, when we talk about capital appreciation, let's understand what we really mean. Capital appreciation is not a paper value. If it's on paper, like I purchased it for $100 and now it's worth $150. Yeah. Okay, so um, I've got a $50 capital growth. Unless and until you manage to sell it for $150, you actually have absolutely no growth. So for capital appreciation to be a real value growth, a real appreciation, you need a sale. Capital appreciation is as good as your exit strategy. Yeah. The price you pay to purchase the real estate and the price you were paid when you sell the real estate, a positive difference, yeah. is your real value growth, your capital appreciation. Okay. Okay. So the bottom line is for you to have real value growth, you need to sell, you need an exit strategy. Okay, so how to maximize that capital growth? Because any real estate anywhere in the world, until and unless there's no post-apocalyptic scenario in play, the value of that real estate will grow. What, what yeah? kind of scenario is that? Post-apocalyptic. What does that mean? Say it. Post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, what like, does that mean? It's a, what does that mean, Fatih? Like force majeure, after like... Afterlife, end of the world. Okay? Like something dramatic. Like a meteorite hits the something earth. Something unexpected. Yes, yeah, something unexpected, yeah. Oh yeah, I like that. So unless something unexpected, yeah, like a third world war, third world war, or, uh, or a, a, meet, a meteorite, yeah. hitting it, the it, planet, and a big crash in and the a market, and, and a massive yeah. crash in the real estate market, yeah. unless those things happen your, your in the normal capital. in the normal course yeah. of events, then your capital appreciation, if you select your targets, yeah. the, your investments carefully, in Istanbul you can generate decent capital growth. How can one maximize that growth? Okay, I think the question is really, where should we look for decent capital appreciation? Yeah. Or rephrase it, what type of property or what kind of investment strategy, real estate investment strategy, will give you good, strong capital growth in Istanbul? Exactly. Is that yeah. your question? Yeah. Okay, in one sentence, look out for the Turkish market. Yeah. If you're a foreign investor, realize one thing that 95 percent if not more of real estate transactions in mm -hmm. istanbul are among turkish people yeah so which means all of the foreign investors put together they account for no more than five percent of yeah. the real estate transactions in istanbul so turkish real estate market is very domestic very very domestic, very domestic. at least 95 yeah. percent is turkish which yeah. means that as a foreign investor, when you purchase property, real estate, whether it's residential or commercial, in Istanbul, you are far more than likely yeah. to sell it, to exit from it, to a Turkish real estate buyer. So, I mean, for that, you really need to understand the mindset of, of the Turkish Absolutely. buyer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And in my experience, in Istanbul in particular, yeah. that tends to be the biggest difficulty. Yeah. The biggest weakness of foreign investors is understanding the mindset of the Turkish buyer. Yeah. Because especially when I look at our Middle Eastern investors, there are some very stark differences too. Yeah. Very stark differences. Such as? For example, Turkish people, when they buy homes, they don't like to live on busy highways. They, in fact, prefer to live a little bit away from busy highways. Yeah. Whereas, when I look at our Middle Eastern investors in particular, they tend to invest on busy highways. Yeah. Because, I'll give Dubai as an example, when you go to Dubai, all of the major real estate are on busy avenues yeah. because that's the setup of the city. So I think that's what, our, what, what some of the buyers are used to. Whereas in Turkey, in Istanbul, that's not the case. Yeah. People tend not to buy on busy highways. So that's one sort of subtle difference yeah. that foreign buyers tend to make, make a mistake yeah. in evaluating whether to buy this or to buy that. Yeah. So that's the difference. And there are some other differences. For example, the Turkish home buyers do not prefer to live in very large complexes. Okay. They not only value their privacy, but they value what they call the community spirit. Mahalle yeah. kulturu in yeah. Turkish. They value that. They, when they're buying a home, they want to make sure that their next-door neighbor will be their next-door neighbor for years to come. Yeah, and, and their, their grocery store is right absolutely. next door, the butcher is uh, ab here. Ab yeah. Absolutely, that, that when they go step out of their home, they can yeah. say hi. If their children are, are playing in the playground within the boundaries yeah. of the complex, that their neighbors will actually keep an eye out yeah, on them, we'll, and they yeah. will do the same. Yeah. So these are the things that Turkish home buyers value. So you'll actually find that Turkish home buyers kind of shy away from very large yeah. complexes. And on sharp contrast, yeah. it is those very large complexes that are very heavily promoted to foreign investors. Yeah, and there are also boutique projects. Boutique yeah. projects meaning one big building with yeah. its own garden, maybe uh, some social facilities, but yeah. like one building with uh, 30, 40, 50, and even up to 100 units, kind of, you know, restricting the, uh, kind of providing some kind of a privacy and stuff, yeah. um, right in the residential areas of yeah. Istanbul, not yeah. like those highway areas yeah. close yeah. to big shopping malls here yeah. and there. Th those, those things tend to be um, Absolutely. Yeah, chosen by Turks because th this family culture that we have, it, it, it plays a good part in Turkish culture. So Absolutely. In, in my opinion, uh, for an investor to come to Turkey and really invest in real estate, if he's going to think about the mindset of the Turkish buyer, needs to think about this family culture first. For capital appreciation, if you're buying residential real estate in particular, as, uh, as we covered, keep the Turkish home buyer in mind. Yeah. Understand their needs and understand their choices. Now, second thing, look at the composition of the project. Yeah. For example, if you have a project, a development of, say, 1,000 units, and of the 1,000 units, if you have 500 that belongs to the builder, the builder is the company that you see, yeah, whose logo you yeah. see there, the developer. But what you may not realize, they're joint ventures. Yeah. So you have a landlord who owns the land, and then you have the developer that go into a, generally a 50-50 joint venture. Yeah. Which means that the landlord will probably end up with 40, if not 50% of the units. The developer will set up his sales office and will start selling his own units. The developer will have his own list price. 
and will have discounts are determined by the modal payment. The more you pay up front, the bigger discount you get. The longer the installment terms you wish to have, the smaller the discount you get off the list price. Yet, what happens in projects like that is when the project is completed and a couple of years down the line, you wish to exit and naturally you wish to make a profit. What happens at that point in scenarios like that, generally in big projects where there is significant landlord units remaining, is the landlord will start selling the units. And for cheap. Of course, because Cheaply. his cost is, well, in theory, his cost is nothing. Yeah. Because he hasn't spent a penny to build. Yeah. That particular landlord probably owned the asset, the land, for many, many, many years. It could have been passed from generation down yeah. the line to him, which means, really, his cost is nothing. So even if he sells at a, at a price significantly lower than what you paid, he still made a profit. Yeah. If you find yourself in a scenario where you hope that you have made a great investment, if you find yourself in a scenario where two, three years down the line, there are so many other units in the market that are owned by landlords. Right next to your unit. Right next to, and exactly the same as your unit. Yeah. And if the guy is and undercutting your price. And lower price. Then what's your chance to exit with a profit? If I'm the developer, do okay. not necessarily assume that as a developer, every single facet yeah. of that particular construction yeah. from A to Z is built by my own team. So you're, the, you're a builder. You come to do the, the foundations and, the, and what we call the carcass, the concrete work. Okay. Okay? You charge me, let's, for argument's sake, it's a massive project. Your bill to me comes to $10 million. Okay. I will do a deal with you and I will say to you, okay, Aladdin, I'll pay you $5 million in cash and the other $5 million, would you care to take 20 apartments or 50 apartments? Oh, yeah. You will say, yeah, why not? They'll only grow in value. They call them what, barter? Barter. Barter, barter. yeah. That's, so yeah. what will happen is... And Fatih here is the investor, foreign investor. He comes and he buys a unit there, or two units, or three units there. Two years down the line, he's happy, he's made a good investment. He wants to sell and he wants to earn a 20% capital appreciation when he sells. What happens is Aladdin comes on board. He goes, hold on, I've got 20 units that I pay nothing for. And um, I'm going to be selling them now. And I'm going to be selling them at a price 10% lower than what... You, Fatih, yeah. purchased two years ago because I can. Yeah, so because he can. What chance yeah. have you got of getting your profit? Very little. Yeah. Unless you find a blind and deaf buyer to buy yeah. from you because yeah. they're going to go and buy from him. The market is transparent. Okay, let's, let's sum it up for our viewers. Look out for, uh, understand the uh, mindset of the Turkish buyer. Look out for the composition of the project that you're especially buying. Especially in bigger projects. Yeah, especially in bigger projects. And this one you are going to talk about if it's designed for family living. We're talking about investors. If you're an investor, um, try to stay within central Istanbul. Because when you go outside central Istanbul, although there are some lovely areas where you would love yeah. to raise your children, but like those Bahçe, areas, Shahir, yeah. etc., there's too much stock on the market. Yeah. There's too and much they might have the their time at one time, yeah. they can flourish, and after 20 years down the line, no one really goes there. It turns into a ghetto or just, you know. I mean, I don't want yeah. to project like that, but all I'm saying is but, although... But, but Central Istanbul will always, 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 until well, and unless a big meteorite uh, Until Central there's Istanbul. apocalyptic yeah. uh, events, yeah, 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 Central yeah. Istanbul is Central Istanbul. And the yeah. reality is in Central Istanbul, demand 
outstrips supply. Whereas when you go to the outskirts of Istanbul, some of these newly developed satellite towns yeah. like Başakşehir, Beylikdüzü, Esenyurt, to some extent Bahçeşehir, Silivri, these areas you'll find that uh, supply is higher than demand because yeah. they overbuilt in those areas. So as an investor, I would be very, very careful in the outskirts of Istanbul. So. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll sum it up. Okay, we talked about capital appreciation today and how to maximize it. Cameron says that mindset of the Turkish, Turkish buyer, Turkish home buyer, uh, composition of the project, the areas and the design of the project. And these are the most important things to look out for if you want to maximize your capital appreciation, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. See you next episode.